Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 75. That's a milestone, I feel like. We're almost at 100. Three quarters of the way. Check us out. And in a first, we're doing our first interview today. Yes. Right? I think technically we interviewed Scott and Jenna, Alan's oh, brothers, Scott and that's his true. wife, Jenna, a long time ago. Like when we first started podcasting, which by the way, this is like year five for us. Yes. <laughs> so don't feel bad, Scott and Jenna. It was a life-changing interview. It was awesome. I think it's just easier not to interview people because you don't have to figure out schedules and stuff like that. So we just never did. But, but we're up in our game. We are up in our game and we thought we'll probably do an interview a month is, is my goal. So. Yeah, but this is a twofer. There was so much good stuff that we're splitting it up into two episodes. Yes. But before we get into that, we do have our parenting in real life moment. And this was awesome. This is, well, it's two really, but very related. So Lucy, who is definitely winning favorite child of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other day we had a bunch of people over. It was really late. We never let our kids stay up this late. It was like eight thirty or something, maybe even nine like o'clock. Nine, yeah, almost and nine. she's watching the show on the couch and somebody went over, my brother who was here at, from out of town went over and was like, Oh, you look tired, Lucy. And I just jokingly said, Lucy, do you want to go to sleep? And she's like, yeah. So she puts down the phone and walks upstairs. I was like, for real? But I thought she'd get distracted or something. <laughs> she already had her PJs on at yeah. this point. Yeah. So she was ready for bed. But anyway, I go upstairs five minutes later and she's cleaning up her bed in her room and jumping in bed. And then we went up a few minutes later and she was asleep. It's like, I have one kid that can do this and it's my two year old. We have never had a kid put themselves to bed. You know how like people's kids will like just fall asleep because they're too tired? Not our kids. Our kids don't do that. They just stay awake and they get crazier and crazier and crazier. <laughs> and I don't know what would happen if we never put them to bed. Like would they just explode? Like I just don't know. Yeah. Would they finally fall asleep at like two in the morning? I don't <laughs> I don't want to find out. We've never been that far. But the second part is I was putting her to bed and we were saying prayers before bed and, you know, I tell her what to say for her prayers. And I said something and then there was no, she didn't repeat it back. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe it was too big. I have my eye clo eyes closed to this. I'm like, oh, maybe that's too long. So I did it shorter and still nothing. So I look at her and she's just like, her eyes are so heavy. Like she can't like keep them open. She's just doing like the big, like drawn eyelids, you know? And I'm just like, okay, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And she finished it. But then she was just like practically asleep. I was like, wow. Okay. So she's tired. And I was like, oh man, like father, like daughter, Alan is the exact same way. When we pray together at night, most of the times when he prays, he falls asleep halfway through. And I have to like nudge him, like, keep going. We're not done yet. That's probably fair. <laughs> or if I'm praying, then I'll say amen and there's no response. I'm like, oh, he fell asleep. And I'll <laughs> like nudge him. That's much more common. <laughs> much more common. It's hard to stay awake when somebody else is praying. So anyway, she's a tired little girl. It was a very proud father moment. 
she doesn't nap anymore. So I think she's just tired from a long day. And neither do I. And neither do you. <laughs> Thank you. And now for a product that makes parenting stink less. This is a product that makes parenting stink less, where we give you our honest review on a product that we hoped would change our lives. The product that we're loving this week is a card holder. So we're trying to play more card games or games in general with our kids, but they're getting to the point where they can play things that aren't Candyland. And (laughs) so... They're now trying to hold cards, and those little hands struggle to hold cards, or they're dropping them all over the place. They put them, hold them, half of them backwards, or whatever. You can see all their cards. <laughs> These are great. These um, kind of looks like a fan, so you're holding the one stick in the middle, and then there's two flaps where you can stick your cards in, and there's rubber or something in there to hold them tight. Works great. Yeah. Everybody. In fact, Lucy loved it so much, she was just walking around all day with a fan <laughs> full of cards. She just made it like her own little fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, good fan. Um, but it was um, very helpful. Jack, who struggles sometimes to hold his cards and play games because of it, played a whole game of Sleeping Queens because he had the card holder. Yeah. So, super cheap, super effective. Highly recommend. Four and a half stars. Four and a half, not five? It's just a card holder. <laughs> I feel like a five has to change my life. This is just helpful. It's helpful. So there you go. I like that. So we're really excited about this month's sponsor. It is the local chow. Mm. <laughs> now I used to make homemade bread, but our lives have been so busy that I just haven't really had much time for that anymore. But my family just really, they really love homemade bread. So I jumped on the local chow, which is an app and it found someone near me who makes homemade wheat bread. And so I was like, yes, I'm going to buy some of that. I placed an order a few days ago and I picked it up from their house today and it was awesome. It was a really easy experience. I just ordered and went to their house, picked it up. And now we have fresh bread. And bless her heart, she gave us some free raspberry jam. Yeah, I was like, wow, that is extra awesome right there. So how this works, it's a new app. It's in Utah. Um, so if you're in Utah, definitely download the local chow app, but what it, what it is, is it's just a place for anybody to sell food. And it was, I was surprised. I thought it would be like kids selling chocolate chip cookies, which is totally fair game. We're going to do that. But, but there's some cool stuff on there, Mm -hmm. some really cool cakes and some Indian food that looks authentic. And so anyway, it shows you how far you are from the people because you do go pick up the food. Mm -hmm. So it showed us that we were super close. We picked it and Alexis went and picked it up tonight. Yeah. So if you are in Utah and you want to help support your local bakers and and people who are trying to make a little extra cash, then download the app local chow and check to see what they have near you. Highly recommended. And now for our hot mess, hot minute. This is the Hot Mess Hot Minute, where we sum up our podcast episode in a minute so you can decide if this episode is worth your precious time. So we're super excited today about our interview with Adam and Rosie from the Irish Mummy podcast. Now, they interviewed us a few months ago on their podcast, and now we get to have them on ours. And like we said back then, 
their podcast is worth listening to just for their accents. <laughs> and you're about to hear them. They just, their accents are great. He's Australian. She's Irish. It's like, I'd love to hear their kids' accents. Right. An Irish-Australian accent. So awesome. <laughs> we were talking about that. How like out of all the English accents, American is the lamest, right? Like yeah. she's like, oh, nobody wants an American accent. Like it's mm-hmm. just wah wah. <laughs> but beyond the accent, I actually was super inspired by what they had to say. Um, so something that they've been going through right now is, well, you'll hear it, but they've kind of had this minimalism kick, and it's not just been like this week, but like over the past several years. Where they've just felt like, man, we have too much stuff and so much of it we don't use. And I mean, who can't relate to that, right? Like who doesn't have tubs full of toys their kids never play with? So they share kind of their journey and some tips for how to get started. It was so good that we thought we'd break it into two weeks. Mm -hmm. So this first week, we're giving you half kind of the intro to it. And then next week, we'll have some more examples that they shared with us. Yeah. And Alan already started rearranging things we went through our room today and it's a room and an office since he works from home and he was cleaning out stuff and throwing out things and we were situating things differently and stuff like we threw out a ton of stuff we're we're getting that stuff that we haven't touched in years like we've probably not that okay we've only lived in this house i know but like some of that stuff we've had since before we moved we moved it all the way across the country and still haven't touched it (laughs) i guess we just Held on to it just in case. <laughs> yeah, you do that, right? I mean, that was the thing. Because we had moved so often, we never lived in place more than two years. So I was always cleaning out our stuff and tossing things as we moved. But now that we're in somewhere where we hope to stay for a long time, it's easy to gather things because you're not going through it anymore. So, so if you're like us and you have stuff, this is a great one. Enjoy. So here's our interview with Adam and Rosie. Well, welcome. Glad, glad to have you on the podcast today. Adam and Rosie. So we'd love to start with you telling us about you, about your family and and the podcast and the other things you're doing. I may as well let you go because otherwise you'll just correct me anyway. (laughs) 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 So we are obviously Rosie and Adam and we have four little children. We have Paddy, Sirsha, Dahi and Ezra. So we have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old and an eight-month-old. Um, so the Irish Mummy podcast is kind of our little bit of our passion that we started when we moved to Portugal. So we were kind of taking a year out working on our family and we decided what would we do if we could do anything just to, I suppose. To add value. I, I yeah. Think just to talk about the things we've learned, the things that we're going through and growing through. Um, and stuff that other people I suppose find useful like when you talk to people and they say that's oh my god that's so interesting or I wish I'd known that before and I think that was kind of the driver was how could we share our knowledge in a way where we didn't do it one by one you know like that you could you know if people wanted to follow you they could and it didn't impact our family time which I think family time was a big thing and that's why we moved to Portugal so it was like that happy Mm -hmm. compromise and I think the the thing that appealed to us about podcasting and, and sharing that information is it's obviously a longer format. So you can sort of get into your topics a little bit more. I know I've got a head for radio. Rosie presents well on video, but um, <laughs> I don't like video too much. But it just it just came out of out of us wanting to share our, our journey and and because we've had a pretty pretty interesting uh, life together. 
um, and journey in business and moving countries multiple times and grief and financial issues and, and everything in between. And we've come through the back of it. So that's where the Irish mummy podcast was born from there. And it's M U M M Y not. O. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Those are, yeah. And I think in here in the U S we would say M O M M Y. Mommy. <laughs> mommy. Good clarification. Mommy. They should just have a global name. It's, it's funny. Yeah, because it's called English. It's yeah, well, English. You see, <laughs> my mom grew up in England and her parents were Irish. So we used to call her mom and in Ireland, they would not use it's really mommy. mommy. It's mammy. It's mammy in Ireland, but I'm mummy. So it's interesting. I the love one. all the like cultural stuff. I mean, that's that's a passion of mine. But I just love hearing about how people live differently in different places and like the different words and stuff, especially in like English cultures. Yeah. We're like, how, why are we so different? Even though we all speak the same language. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. I think it's, I think we're jealous. We would love to kind of travel the world, especially yeah. Alexis. She, oh, man. Yeah. She'd come right along with you guys for the ride. That would be awesome. We can do a house swap if you want for a little while. You can come over on holidays and we can go to yours. We can check each other's areas out. Well, Ireland is on the top of my list of places to go. So, Well, the neighbors are cows and sheep. You know what is so interesting? You know how people would be always like, like they wanted to go to Ireland. And I suppose when you're Irish, you don't understand that. But when you leave for a long period of time and you come back, you do. Like I went to America for a summer when I was young. And I remember coming back and like, wow, it's so green. And then we went to Portugal and we came home and we're like, wow, it's so green when you come back. So I totally get it now why people. It's, cause it rains it's kind of like dreamy. 250 it's, days a year. Like you literally, yeah. literally, it rains too. We live in the west of Ireland, which is notorious for being wet. And it's like 200, it's like 200. 50-ish days of rain. And I like it. I like being indoors and it's raining. Yeah, that's probably the benefit of lockdown. We didn't even notice that yeah, rain. So I like it. Gonna... <laughs> there we are. Is it? It's, oh, it's raining. It's, it's a rain day. That's great. Well, we wanted to talk to you. I know that you guys have been working on minimalism um, and that's been like a journey for your family and we wanted to focus on that today. So tell us how you got started with minimalism and kind of what yeah. brought you to this point. So it's kind of, so I'm, I'm kind of a naturally organized person. And interestingly enough, when we moved back to Ireland, we moved into back in with my mom and dad, my mom wasn't well. And after my mom passed away, my dad didn't want to live in the house anymore. So he moved into Galway and then we became the owners of this house. And it kind of came with everything that was in it. So that process was, I suppose, really difficult for me because obviously it was like my home house, 40 years of memories, but a lot of it was all my mom's belongings. So I think initially it was like we were trying to declutter a little bit, but at the same time being really mindful that, you know, the things a lot that, of emotion. there was just a lot of emotion. Sentimentality. And life was actually really difficult because the house had so much things in it that our things didn't fit in it. And I think the day-to-day struggle mentally, like on our family, on our business, and it was kind of like we were kind of trapped a little bit. And it was such a heavy process, but because I had no experience with it, I didn't really know how to move through it. So what we did was we kind of 
worked on sections of it bit by bit, like a cupboard here, a wardrobe here, a room here. And sometimes the stuff just went around in circles. Sometimes it went up to the attic. Sometimes it came down out of the attic. And this went on for like five years. And we kind of got like a really good clear of the house, the March, right before we decided to move to Portugal. And it was earlier than that because we were in the US in March. Oh, yeah. In the March, yeah, we went to the US. And then Christmas. it's kind of been a five-year process. Now, the interesting thing was when we moved to Portugal, I thought that we had emptied this house very well. I thought we had done a really good job. And then when we moved back from Portugal. And we had some friends from the US staying in our house for the summer. And um, we moved back. And the, the first I, thing I, I, I thought... did, I messaged them and apologized. <laughs> Yes. because there was so still, much stuff there was still so much stuff here and it was kind of interesting because we'd cleared out all the bedrooms so the bedrooms were empty that was like no problem but the like the kitchenware and you know the mismatched the, 40 just, different types of yeah, just stuff that I I just I still obviously wasn't ready to get rid of I thought it would have been a crime to have gotten rid of stuff I obviously didn't realize that's where my head was at and when I came home and I looked around I said to myself this is crazy that there's still so much stuff here so since October we have been going through whittling down but then we were we decided you know what we're gonna we're gonna renovate the house so that kind of put a different perspective on things because now it wasn't about you know what can we keep it was like everything's gonna have to go so like we had to get like harsher with ourselves Mm -hmm. and I feel like these last five weeks have been absolutely breakthrough the quality of her life in the last five weeks has completely transformed the relationships in our house, our mood, um, even our business now. And before we started recording, I made a joke about like clothes, you know, how, how much clothes we each have. So we had, we had, this, so this was kind of my breakthrough minimalist moment because, you know, we've been decluttering for years now. And, and if somebody came into my house, who's not minimalist, they would say to me, Rosie, your house is empty and it's super tidy. How come it's so decluttered? But when you're working on minimalist, you realize that there's still stuff that could go. So anyway, when we were doing the clothes, I found like there was constantly laundry. And once we had our fourth child, it's like, you don't have time for laundry. Like it robs your kids of time when you're constantly doing laundry. And I said to Adam, I feel like we need to do something really harsh with the clothing situation. And he was like, okay, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I thought she was just going to get rid of the odd socks and stuff. But I'm like, <laughs> why don't we totally pick, upside down? Why don't we pick a color palette and anything outside of that has to go, even if we love it, mm. even if it's got tags still on it. And even if someone gifts it to us, it has to go. Now, this is difficult because we decided this just before Christmas <laughs> and I literally just went into my wardrobe and I got rid of everything in all of our sections that didn't fit that palette. Mm. And it was like gut wrenching. It was like the guilt, the shame, the like just all this emotion it was crazy. So anyway, I finally got everything out of the house and I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel like I can breathe. And Adam's like, because Adam took over the washing after Ezra was born because I was too slow. To it. And um, he's like, the washing is so easy to do. The, I'm the like, kids were wearing plastic bags for clothes. <laughs> so 
So I went I, I went online and I basically ordered a few bits for all a of us. Bits? What are you talking about? It was like an endless procession of no, stuff we, coming to our house. No, what we did was I ordered <laughs> we over kept Amazon in business for that couple of weeks. I ordered it over a over a few weeks and it all was turning up and it was kind of the same. So anyway. The kids now dress themselves. They look great no matter what they put on because everything matches. And <laughs> there's the, the washing. We have is- like three kinds of loads of washing. There's like rosy coals and pastels. I, I don't pastels, want to Pastels, whites and darks. And that's it. So it's like yeah. they're in three different colors. I just smash them in. I can't ruin them because it's so easy. Now, you can do <laughs> basket loads in like less than a day. And the kids kept saying, you know, where I is this? I can't believe I'm I, like, I wish my 21 year old self would write a letter to myself saying <laughs> in 16 years, you'll be excited about washing. <laughs> <laughs> I never gets, thought I'd see the day. You get so excited. And it's funny because I, I think I've realized as well how much clothes take over a house. Like you think about them, they go from your laundry, you have to hang them up to dry, then they go into room. They, they take up so much space. So I know we got rid of, we got rid of all the clothes and I know, I know this sounds silly, but when I made the decision about the clothes, I became ruthless with everything else in the house. Like I was, I felt like I could let go of everything. And I, 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 maybe it was because with clothes, people had always been buying us clothes and we always seemed to had too many clothes. And you can be grateful for something and still transition it onto someone that needs it more. So I think what, what I ended up thinking in my head was, the person who gets this item is going to be so grateful to get it because it's in good condition. It's brand new. And for them, it'll be like, you know, oh my goodness, who, who let this go? This is amazing. And that let, that allowed me to let go of everything. And anyway, we were down in the room today and I was just putting away the clothes and me and my, my oldest son, we had a joke. We went into a store and we were talking to the girl that we know there and he was telling her I had loads of clothes. And I said, Hey, I don't have loads of clothes. I got rid of all my clothes. He said, you've got, I said, you've got more clothes than I do. And we're having this like little debate in front of her. So the other day he said to me, Hey mom, you've got more clothes than I do. And I said, right, we're going down. We are counting the clothes. (laughs) And we basically had exactly the same amount of clothes. So um, I went down there today and I was like, you know what, if I was really ruthless, could I get rid of a few more bits? So I counted everything that was in the wardrobe, not including what Adam is still washing. And the kids only had like 20 items each. And I had, I think, 30 items. It sounds simple, but it has it has given us back so much time. And we we actually cleared out our complete attic last week. So the clothes kind of initiated that, didn't they? Yeah. This has been really, really good. Great talking to you all. Thank you. Thank been a pleasure. you so much. So we hope you enjoyed that first half of the interview. And like Alan said, we'll finish the second half next week. We Total have- cliffhanger. <laughs> there wasn't like a natural stop. We didn't plan on cutting it in half, but there was just a lot and we didn't want it to go too long. So mm-hmm. you'll have to wait. But I thought we could just talk a few minutes, kind of like follow up on some of the things that they talked about. Yeah. Um, something that I really like about minimalism that, that they talked about was that it doesn't mean like having nothing. I feel like minimalism is like have as little as you can, but it's more about being intentional about what you have. Cause she talked about how she threw away tons of stuff and then bought more stuff, right? Because she was very careful about the things that she was buying and, mm-hmm. and knew that she would be using them rather than just like, Oh, well, let's get things willy nilly, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clothes was a, an example 
of that, where mm-hmm. she threw out a bunch of, or not threw out, but donated a bunch of clothes and then went and bought more stuff because the whole idea was they want it to be really um, thoughtless and um, easy to get dressed in the morning for them and their kids. Mm-hmm. And so they got rid of everything except one color palette so that their kids can put on whatever they want in the morning and it will match. But I think it's awesome because I let my kids dress themselves and most of the time they're not matching mm-hmm. because I buy stuff that went together like outfits, but the outfits don't mingle. And so they're wearing things that don't mm-hmm. look good together. <laughs> yep. And I like that it's like their favorite thing, right? And so it's not like, oh, I don't have anything to wear. It's like, no, everything in my closet I totally love. Yeah. And that's, I think, important if you're going to go to nothing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us fill our closets just so we know we have something that we like that day instead of just putting things we love. And so you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And something that we didn't talk about um, in the, in our podcast interview, but something they talked about on their um, podcast episode about minimalism was not holding on to clothes for other kids that are far apart in age. So we pass on our clothes, but we have the two girls next to each other and the two boys next to each other. So that makes sense because they're only a size or two apart. So it's just, the next year, you know, you pass it on to the next kid. And then when Jack grows out of his clothes, I donate all those because we don't have any more boys. But I hold on to Chloe's clothes to give to Lucy, but she's six years younger. So those clothes are going to sit in boxes for six years. And then by the time we pull them out, like... I A mean, lot of things. One, they've been worn twice. Yeah. So they're not in great condition anymore. Two, styles have changed. Mm-hmm. Three... Lucy's totally different than her sisters. Like when they're tiny, that worked. But yeah. at this point, who's to say that five-year-old Lucy's going to like what five-year-old Chloe or Cammy did? Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. We should just get rid of Chloe's clothes when she's done. And then Lucy will get new clothes. And for me, it, I thought I was saving money, right? I'm like, oh, well, now I'm not going to have to buy a whole new wardrobe. So, I, you know, I'm saving money for our family. But I just love how she thought, to let the clothes be used by somebody else for those six years, you know? And so to me, it's more of like an abundance mindset of like, let me give to other people and let them use it rather than keeping it for myself and holding on to it until I can use it again. Yeah. I just really like her thoughts about that and that you can still be grateful for something, but still give it away. Right. Yeah. You And I think um, Adam mentioned that like you can still, if someone gives you something, you can be grateful for the gift, but you don't have to keep it. Because I think a lot of times we emotionally attach ourselves to gifts or we feel bad or guilty not wanting it. But if we don't need it and it's not serving us, then happily give it away to someone who could really use it. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed. Come back next week for the second part. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Alexis, thanks for your great research and your amazing editing. And Alan, thanks for showing up. Happy to help. You can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or find us on our website at alexistannerlane.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids.